0: here we are, week two of Church at Home, and I uh, hope you guys are all comfortable and ready to go. Uh, I know we were having some problems with our Facebook live uh, stream, but, but good thing that we have redundancy. So most of you, I believe, are on YouTube now, and YouTube seems to be a little bit better. So if you're trying to stream on Facebook right now and it's not quite working out, go ahead and follow the YouTube uh, link. should be in the comments, and it should be a lot better for you, because it's YouTube. And it always works. It's incredible. So, but uh, but look, as we get going today, uh, just in case you you weren't here last week and now you're here this week, welcome to Northwood Church. Uh, Northwood Church. I guess coronavirus. uh, You know, series. You know, way of doing church. This is it. We're online and uh, we're live. We're we're here uh, in our Gulfport location right here, Sunday morning, ten twenty four and uh, we're excited to be with you today. Um, and just so you know, uh, I've got a you know, production team and also worship team here with us today. So I got a few people in the room with me. So if you see me look down and talk to somebody, I'm not talking to myself, okay? And <laughs> I got a few people here with us. Um, but before I get to today's message, I wanted to uh, share a few wins with you guys. You know, right now, obviously, all of, all of churches all across America are, are going to some sort of different format, whether it's completely online or are in much smaller groups, depending on where you're at in the country. And uh, so for for us at Northwood Church, obviously our services are completely online, uh, but also uh, another pillar of our church is our small groups. Small groups isn't something that we just kind of do. Small groups is, uh, we like to say actually that it's the main way that, that people receive pastoral care at this church. So so it's not an extra thing. Um, I'll also say this, I believe small group to be one of the purest forms of church. People getting together in smaller groups, looking at each other in the face, praying for one another. Um, I think it's an, it's an incredible thing. And so we wanted to continue to do that as a church. And so we also moved our small, group, uh, small groups online. And so we've got a lot of different small groups meeting in a lot of different ways. But right now, they're all meeting online. And so I actually, I wanted to show you a few pictures right now. You can go ahead and put those up. These are our small groups. And this is what it looks like right now uh, to to be a, a a member of our small groups here at Northwood Church. And some of you are like, oh my gosh, they took a screenshot and they put me on the internet. I cannot believe. That's right. We're going quickly though through them. So that way people can't really see too well. But, but this is what our small groups look right now. Uh, now we've got uh, just a great um, a great response when it comes to this. It, some people might feel a little bit weird about small groups online at first, but let me tell you something. Once you get online and you begin to talk, uh, it, it's an incredible experience and one that um, I mean, even this past Wednesday night, we had a, we did a, a Zoom conference call into uh to through our uh, to all of our leaders in all three four locations. And uh, we had well over 200 people in that, and, and it was incredible. And so so I want to encourage you to, if you're in a small group, reach out to your small group leader, find out whenever you're meeting, and jump on a Zoom call or a Facebook Messenger call, whatever it is. And uh, let me tell you something, it's, it's going to get us through this season. Um, here's the good news, though, is that we will meet again. <laughs> We're going to meet again. This isn't permanent, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm looking forward to the day that we can fill back up our auditoriums and our small groups and meet back together in person. But but meanwhile, this is a wonderful supplement. So in that, I also want to let you know about northwood.church slash kids online. Uh, we use a certain curriculum here at Northwood Church for all of our kids' ministries. And so you can actually go to this link and you can watch um, uh, some, some segments per grade, different, different ages, um, and you could actually click on the different uh, links, drop the menus. And um, uh, two through four, I believe, is one. And then it's five through eight and nine through 12, if I'm not mistaken. And you could actually watch some videos. Uh, you could download some content. Also, at the bottom of that, there's a, um, some instructions on how, how to download our ParentQ app uh, through the curriculum, uh, Orange Curriculum. And in that, you can continue the conversations with your family. And uh, guess what? Parents, did you know that you're the primary Disciple maker in your home—that you are, your your kids are looking to you. They're receiving directly from you, and yes, that can be scary at times because uh, we're always representing Jesus, whether we know it or not. And many times we're representing Jesus to our kids. And so use this time to maybe create some different rhythms in your home. Um, I think an incredible opportunity is d- immediately after this, this live feed's over that you would you know, talk, with your, uh, talk with your family about what you heard. Some of you I know are gonna be in small groups after this. Continue this conversation on with your family as well uh, because our kids need to hear uh, about Jesus. They need to hear about you know, uh, having a biblical perspective in this time as well. So, so take advantage of that. And with that, I want to talk to all of us about this, this, this subject of what now? I think that's kind of the question a lot of us are asking, what now? Uh, it's, it's crazy how, how quickly things are changing every single day. It's like every article that comes out tilts public opinion to a certain way. And I mean, it makes it pretty difficult to know what's true, I mean, even yesterday, many of you guys know here in South Mississippi, there was just all these rumors going around about what's coming and people are freaking out, you know? And so here we are trying to figure out like what, you know, what's next, what's going to be happening in the next couple of weeks, next couple of months. And I think a lot of us are asking the question, what now? Like starting today, what's it going to look like tomorrow? What's it going to look like next week? And so I really want to open up that conversation, and of course, y'all know how we do it at Northwood Church. It's uh, ultimately we're going to get to what does Jesus have to say about this, you know? Because I think that's where we have to start. But but asking this question, what now? I do want to say this: um, nobody knows. Nobody actually knows. And uh, let's just kind of like you know hit the pause button on our opinions. Hit the pause button on on getting angry about certain things, and and beginning to stand for a certain thing. Like like. You know, what What are we supposed to do? What, who are we supposed to believe? I mean, you got the president that will say something and certain people don't even believe him. You got, you know, people that are, I don't know, sitting in their mom's basement somewhere putting out articles and all of a sudden people are listening to them. That goes viral, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, who do you actually believe? And I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I, I think that it's gonna be a, a little while before any of us really know anything, you know? And, and so with that, just just kind of back off of all of that. One thing that I know is that uh, that. You know, if, if our government tells us to do something, we want to be, um, we wanna be uh, you know, team players with that. We, we want to kind of go with what's being uh, spoken to us, giving us the, the best uh, you know, uh, information possible and, and obeying that. And so, so anyway, through the next few weeks, we're going to hear a bunch of stuff. Come on, y'all. Europe, I tell you, so many things are going on over there in Italy and in Spain. Um, we need to be praying for them, praying for the doctors and the nurses and what they're experiencing. And uh, of course, we're, we're praying that we don't experience that here. Um, uh, but, but even right now, there are certain places that, that are even worse than what's going on here in South Mississippi. And so, so anyway, there's panic, there's fear. What now? How do we kind of normalize what's going on in our nation and in our own thoughts and in our own lives? And so first, as Christians, our initial question isn't what am I going to do, but it's what does God want me to do? It's not what do I want to do. It's what does God want me to do? What is God? What is he speaking? What does he want me to think, right? And because we've got to start there. And the problem is, is with all of us, uh, w- whenever crises hits in our lives, whenever panic hits, and, and right now we're talking about coronavirus, but, but in regards to our life, it's kind of always been like this. Whenever something hits the fan in our life, immediately we go into self-preservation mode. We go into this mode that says, I've got to make sure that I'm good, that my family's good, and everybody else is a far second. Now, first off, I want to say that that's not a terrible thing. Obviously, I'm trying to make sure that my family's good. You should, you should make sure that your family's good. Um, um, and I'm not negating that. But at the same time, we can't also deny the fact that we completely turn inward. We completely turn inward. And we know, biblically speaking, that that's not how we're supposed to live but there's such a tension in this time. A lot of people are like, "Man, we're in the church. We got to go do something," and it's kind of difficult because we can't really go and do a lot. Let's be honest. Right now, if you try to go and just go out in the community, start doing things and put on a, you know big outreaches, like like it's not that easy. You know, we we've got to do things a certain way in this in this time. You know, whenever Hurricane Katrina hit a few years ago. Uh, man, it was so easy to get mobilized and go out and begin to clean up and do certain things. Uh, the f- flood happened recently here a couple of years ago in, in Baton Rouge. And guess what we did? We put together teams and we went over there and we began to, to help people. We, we delivered food. And, and, um, and there's a few different ways that we're gonna be mobilized as a church in the season, but also there's some things we can't do. And so we've got to kind of wait and see. And I love that though about our, our, our hearts as believers is that we do think bigger than just ourselves but why? But I'll tell you this. In this season, we first have to stabilize our homes, but there is a greater mission that we're a part of. And that mission is the Great Commission, right? As a church, our mission statement is we exist to help people know God. We exist to help people know God. And so kind of, I guess, an updated mission statement for this season is that unstable times don't change our mission to help people know God, right? Like just because everything's kind of been tilted upside down, it doesn't mean that right now that mission has taken a far second. It really hasn't. I, I, I just think throughout history, throughout other, you know, pandemics and, and, and other, you know, whether it be earthquakes or fires or whatever's happened in the world, what did the church do? How did believers think and this, this mission, this great commission, I mean, Jesus didn't say, hey, go make disciples and baptize them, teach them everything that I've commanded you to, you know, com- commanded you whenever times are good. He just said, go and do and don't stop. And he said, I'm gonna be with you, but go. And so this great commission that he gave us hasn't ended. And the mission that we have hasn't ended. The gospel is still reliable, right? The gospel is still reliable. The Great Commission is still in place. It's still applicable in our lives, even in this season. And so I think it's so important that we remind ourselves of this because we could be distracted. I also think that we, the church, we are the example now of what it looks like to be anchored in Christ during crises. I don't know about you, but I think that in times of crises in my own life, that who I am and what I believe is really revealed in those moments. It's really, it's really revealed. You know, I think about whenever, uh, you know, you go work out, which I do like at least once a year, like at least, at least. I mean, Josh is here and Josh is like just every day. Like this has gotta be tough for you, huh? it's pretty tough. The gyms are closed and it's pretty tough. But uh, for me, it's not that bad because I don't go that much, <clears throat> as you can see. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. But uh, the times that I have worked out, um, one thing I know is this, is that the resistance is what actually builds muscles, right? That resistance, the, the micro tears in your muscles and all that, it's, it's through resistance that you, it, that you build strength. And it also reveals what is not strong right? You start squatting, you start realizing, oh my goodness, you know, my knee or this or that. Why? Because weight and pressure begins to reveal the weaknesses. And so in all of our lives, I think that if we look at it from another angle, man, some things in our lives are going to be revealed and we have the opportunity to grow and to be strengthened in this time. So we're in unstable times, right? We all know that. We all see it. We all feel it. But we have to have a Jesus perspective in this time. During these unstable times, we've got to have a Jesus perspective. And I always love to go back and and read how Jesus would interact with people and how he would teach through difficult times. And so that's really what I want to do today. I hope that you get a different perspective today of what's going on, a perspective that Will strengthen you whenever you're on social media and you're reading comments. That'll w- change the lens in-, in which you're seeing people's comments. Uh, uh, it'll change the lens in which you, you kind of care for your family in this time. And it'll also change your perspective on your responsibility as a believer and what you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to think. And so we're going to be in John chapter 16 today. John chapter 16, we're going to start in verse uh, 29, but I really want to set it up and kind of look at verse 28 too, because what's going on is Jesus is, uh, he's teaching a lot of his disciples. There's a lot of people that are kind of on the fence of whether they really believe who he is or not. I mean, y'all look, Jesus had performed all these great miracles and people still weren't sure if they believed in him right? And uh, th- so there's a lot of confusion, and so he's continuing to teach, and he's coming to the end of his ministry, where he's about to get arrested, he's about to get convicted, and of course we know that th- what happened is he-, he eventually is crucified. And in verse, uh, actually 28, he says... Um, he says, I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. So he's letting them know where he's headed and what he's about to do. And so the very next sentence in uh, chapter 29, his disciples said, ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. And and so here, they 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 feel like they start getting a handle on what he's saying. And it goes on in verse 30, now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Now, I find it kind of funny that uh, I feel like his disciples, the people that are listening to him right here, right now, they feel like they have an understanding of Jesus, they, they, they're like, ah, now we, we finally get what you're trying to say, God. We, we finally get who you are and where you're from and where you're going. And, and they start kind of putting the puzzle pieces together. Um, and I couldn't help but, but think that's kind of what we do as people. Uh, have you ever felt like you had God figured out? Have you ever felt like, like something happens in your life and you're like, okay, I know what God's doing here. And then you kind of like, you're tracking through it. And then all of a sudden the next thing happens and you're like, wait, This wasn't in the plan. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I think what happens is people, we read the Bible, we start kind of humanizing God and humanizing his plan and his purpose. And we start thinking that we haven't figured out like we do our friend or maybe our spouse. And we start applying that same mentality to God. And then, you know, inevitably that's gonna get messed up. Inevitably, there's gonna be a moment that God does something that we don't agree with. And then we're like, wait, hold up, you know, like, that's not, that's not who you are. We just sang the song, this is who you are, you know? And, and uh, uh, I think sometimes people kind of almost sing the song opposite. It's like, well, who are you? you know? so they're actually kind of, you know, they're misconstruing God. They're taking him out of context. They're taking his word out of context. And then there's these moments like these disciples and these believers at this moment have. It's like, ah, oh, we got it. We understand it. Jesus follows up in verse 31. He answered them and he said, do you now believe? Like, do you now believe, like, after all I've done, like, this is the moment? So, that statement I just made, like, now, now you believe what I'm saying. And uh, I think it's funny because Jesus had done so much, but it's almost like what he had done up until that point, it either wasn't impressive enough. Like the people, they, they saw it, but they, they're, they're kind of like, I don't know if that's really happening. Uh, uh, uh. Come on, y'all, y'all know how information goes. I'm not really sure. I heard through this guy over here that this happened, but I'm not really sure. Uh, so there, there's like this unimpressive thing, or it's that people over the last two, three years of Jesus' ministry forgot what he had done. And I think that for us, Nowadays, in our lives, whenever we hit a wall in our life, I think that's actually what happens more times than not, is that we forget how good and how faithful God has been, the things that he has done, and we're in this moment, and then we ask the question, why? Or, or how would God? And it's negating all of these other incredible things that he's done. And so I think for the people in this day, maybe some of them just weren't impressed, but I think a lot of them just forgot. And as we go into the season of the unknown, we have no idea what's really gonna happen in the next few months. A lot of us really haven't experienced discomfort. We really haven't experienced uh, uh, national unrest. You know, uh, For me, I'm 35 years old, and I, I think the biggest moment for me obviously was 9-11. It was like the biggest national world type moment of just shock. And, and although I know a lot of things have happened since then, I'm not, I'm not downplaying those things. In my life, that was like, I guess I felt like my safety, my security in this nation was, sh- was shaken. And because I hadn't experienced it, you know? Uh, I was younger, obviously, with Desert Storm and all that. Of course, you know, going back to Vietnam and war and uh, Korean War and uh, World War II and all those. I mean, you know, I I hear stories, they're they're history, but all of a sudden it's like in this moment, there's something that's shaken. And for a lot of us that are younger, maybe this is the first time that we've really come up against this. I want to encourage all of us to remember God's goodness and his faithfulness in our lives up until this point, not to throw it all out and say, hey, God, what, you know, I, I think about this. I think about some of you seniors. You've had all these plans. You've got colleges lined up, whatever it is. Man, you're looking forward to your senior trips. You've worked so hard to get to this point, and now all of a sudden, school's like all turned upside down. And, and, and so all of your timelines are thrown off. And, and so a lot of you, you've been diligent. You've, you've been an incredible student. And now you're like, no, was all that for nothing. Maybe you're a business owner. You've built, you've built your business, right? You you've scratched and you've clawed to get where you're at. You've paid the price. And now all of this is threatening all of that work. I mean, we could take that. We could apply it to all of our lives. There's something that we've worked in, we've worked on that all of a sudden is getting threatened. And I think we've got to remember that like, God has cared for us up until this point and he will continue to care for us. It might look different. It might look different. We, we might not be, at, things might not be as convenient or comfortable, but he's going to care for us, right? We have to have to kind of this, this understanding. But again, sometimes we feel like we figured God out. There's this thing that uh, happens sometimes in my conversations with me and Nadine, my wife. And um, she'll, I don't know if this happens to you guys, but, but like, she'll try to like finish my sentences. So I'll, I'll say, hey, did you hear? And she'll come back with like, you know, yeah, I heard da 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 da. And I'm like, well, I didn't know that. That's cool. But actually, I was going to say this, you know? And then you start that sentence, and you never do that. Maybe it's just us. I don't know. You try to finish each other's sentences, and it, it's not working out. And uh, But it's kind of like that, that that autocomplete thing. And I'm telling y'all, I believe that the disciples were doing it to Jesus. I believe that we do it to God. We do it to each other. It's like, oh, we just know what God's going to do. And for some people right now, even, there's prophets coming out of the woodwork saying, this is what God's doing You know, and there's, you know, all your conspiracy theorists as well, right? Everybody's coming out. They're coming out swinging. And um, everybody starts trying to quantify and make sense of what's going on. And and sometimes we just don't know. Sometimes we just have to believe and have to, to keep our faith. But Jesus, in this moment, by asking the question, do you now believe, he has set them up for what I like to talk to, um, uh, it's like uh, lessons from the Messiah, right? He's about, to, he's about to teach them a couple of things. And so let's pick up in 32. He starts with the word, behold. Now, anytime that Jesus would say, behold, like you can just feel the tension in the crowd. They're just like, oh no, here you go. <laughs> he's about to drop a bomb. Here, here we go. <laughs> well, He does. The hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Now, you can read this scripture in a couple of ways. Um, The first is this when I read this, I was like, this sounds like us right now. (laughs) I'm saying, The hour is coming, behold, it's now, where you will all be scattered. Each to his own home, right? So all of you are at your house, except for us, we're here. But uh, you're all scattered to your own home. And you will leave me alone. Now in that I almost sense a glimmer of hope from Jesus he's like you'll leave me alone. Like, you remember whenever he says do you guys, you guys still don't get it? You know maybe there's a little bit of frustration. No, he was Jesus that that couldn't be what he was saying. But behold he's saying something different by the way. I'm kind of adding to. But behold the hour is coming indeed it has come when you will be scattered each to his own home and you'll leave me alone. Basically what he's saying is, hey guys, there's coming a moment, even though you feel like you got me figured out and you feel like you're all in, there's coming a moment where you're going to abandon me. You're going to turn your back. You're going to go back to home. You're going to go back to what you were doing. And, and you're actually going to forget about what's up, what, what's going on right now. You're going to leave me alone. What's amazing here is that Jesus knew that he was going to be mistreated he knew that the very people that were worshiping him and bowing down before him and saying all these wonderful things, that they were gonna be the same people that were gonna turn against him. But yet he still served them. Yet he still treated them right and loved them unconditionally. Some of them, his own close disciples, and his friends, his family, they were gonna mistreat him, turn their backs on him, yet he still loved them. Why? Because it was the right thing to do. This is something, a lesson that goes far beyond this season, goes far beyond what's happening in our country right now, in our world. It's this concept of serving people and loving them, not to get anything in return, nothing. Actually, I think the greater test of a true servant's heart is whenever you know that you're gonna pour your life into someone and all you're gonna reap out of it is pain. Knowing, you've been stabbed in the back a 100 times, but yet you continue to love. I'm not talking about being abused. I'm not talking about being misused. I'm just talking about the fact that like what Jesus is saying here is demonstrating is this fact of, I know what God has spoken to me to do, and I'm going I'm to do it whether or not people love me for it or not. Jesus, just a few chapters before it said, hey, look, the world's going to hate you. Come on, y'all, that's not like a very a trendy uh, sermon, right? Hey, come to Jesus. It'll cause all your friends to hate you. You know what I'm saying? You know, the churches are full of people, right? But, but there's an element of truth to it. And some of you have experienced that where people, you, you've chosen to follow Jesus. Like, I'm, I'm all in, right? And you've really, all you've reaped is broken relationships. I wanna encourage you to continue to be faithful like Jesus is being here. He's being an example for us. But the very next thing, he says, yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. Jesus' mentality here is a mentality that we must have in our lives is this, is that we are not alone. Through the next few months, things might get a lot darker. There might get a lot harder. But God is with us. He's with us. We just talked last month or maybe a month and a half ago now about the fact that God is, is omnipresent. He's everywhere at one time. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows what's going on in every family on the face of the planet right now. He's with us. And you've got to lean into that. Jesus knew that he was about to head into some difficult times, but yet at the same time, he said, but I know that the father's with me. And so we can know that still today, that no matter what we encounter, God is with us. It's what we believe. in, in worst case scenario, in best case scenario, God is with us. And he says in verse 33, I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. This, the way that Jesus is about to frame up trials and circumstances is the way that that I continue to, to believe in something that I go back to quite often. Jesus's perspective in trials He says, God is with you, and I've said these things to you that you may have peace in me. That's what he's saying. He's like, look, look guys, you're going to try to look for peace in your finances. You're going to try to look for peace in in physical things that you can change. You're going to try to look for peace in your relationships and in your family. You're going to search for this grounding and this foundation in this stuff. But I want to tell you something, that there's a greater truth, and it's that true peace is only found in me in nothing else. Church, listen, we have got to hold to this truth in this season and in our lives past. I think that we're going to learn how to do this really well over the next few weeks and months, is how to actually have peace in Jesus, how to have peace in Christ, not in our efforts, not in something that we can conjure up, not in something that we can fix because we can't just fix this. We can't just fix the economy. We can't just fix you know, uh, what's going on. We have to endure it. And we have to have peace in spite of it. We've been, we've been speaking this way for, for, even since we started Romans, y'all, last year, we've been, we've been talking about this nonstop. Of course, we didn't know how much it would mean very shortly, but, but having our peace grounded in something greater than our circumstances. It's, it's so incredibly um, uh, uh, tangible in this time. In December, during Advent, we talked about Jesus being our peace, how he embodies hope, how he embodies peace. And Jesus is trying to get them to understand this right now. He is our source of peace. The next sentence he says, a lot of people have trouble with. In this world, you will have tribulation. Guys, look, can we just be honest and understand and and realize that Jesus Jesus told us, he's like, hey, guys, I just want to kind of put all the, all the rumors to rest. It's going to be tough for you to be a Christian. It's going to be tough, all right? It rains on the just and the unjust. The things that we experience as Christians, people that are not Christians experience as well. Some people in this time kind of want to, they, they want to say things like, you know, well, You know, if you if if you have a certain amount of faith, then you won't experience things. If if you do it this way, then 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 this won't touch you. And and I just don't see that. Whenever I see Jesus say things like this in the world, you're going to go through tough times. There's going to be there's going to be sickness. There's going to be things that you encounter that that in the moment it's going to be tough. In the world, you will have tribulations. For the disciples, he's telling them, telling them this because the Jews and the Gentiles are both gonna hate them. They're gonna come against them. And he's preparing them emotionally and spiritually to know what's coming, to where whenever they actually experience tribulation, that they won't turn around and say, God, where are you? He's like, no, 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 no. No, listen, you're gonna experience tribulation. And for some people, that, that creates almost a, uh, like a negativity or like a, like a weight, For me, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, for, for informing us and letting us know. But again, like Jesus does, he doesn't just stop there. This is the kicker. He says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus, he's honest. He brings the truth, but then he introduces the greater truth, and that's the greater truth that you need to understand. All of us need to understand today is that Jesus ultimately has overcome the world. See, when Jesus came to this earth, lived a perfect life and died a terrible death and was raised back to new life, he restored all things back to how it was supposed to be. And now we're in this season of, of what we've the already but not yet. Like we, like Jesus has overcome the world. He's restored all things already, but, but we don't see the, the, the end result of all that right now. Not yet. We're in this, in this space and it, and it can be difficult. It can be difficult. But I want you to know that you can take heart because ultimately Jesus has overcome the world. He's overcome sin. He's overcome death. Guys, look, as believers, we don't fear death. I'm gonna be real with you. Other than, than, than the purpose that God has on my life to continue to preach the gospel, to continue to, to, to display his glory to the best of my ability, other than my family that I love so much, there's really not a lot going on that, that grounds me and holds me to this, this earth, to what's going on. All my eggs are in one basket in Jesus. And for believers, it's why we don't weep like others weep. We don't weep in the face of crisis. We don't weep in the, in the face of loss and because we don't weep like those with no hope. We have hope. His name is Jesus. That's the greater truth. That's what I want you to understand in this time. So, so whenever we ask the question, what now, there's a ton of things that come to mind and many of which you're going to figure out. You're going to figure it out. Look, look, your, your business, you're going to figure it out. The same tenacity and, and all the things that, that your character that got you where you, you are, that, that, that killer instinct, man, look, come on. You, you still have that. You're going to rebuild. Seniors, man, you're moving into this next season. Look, this is going to be a blip on the radar for you. There's more coming. Hey, moms, you're, you're homeschoolers right now, right? And you didn't expect to be that. Look, a greater day is coming for you where those kids are going to go back to school. Actually some of you you might actually miss it, right? I don't know. But uh, easy for me to say. <laughs> I understand. But there's a greater truth above all of the, the the things that are going on in our life right now and his name is Jesus. And what I want you to know, if you're watching online and and you don't you don't know God. You don't know Jesus. Maybe you're at a spot where you you've been in this tension. Maybe Maybe you've, you've kind of tried God before and, it, and he didn't work for you. Um, well, I think sometimes we go into certain relationships, relationships with preconceived ideas. And I think people do that with God a lot. They go in expecting one result and they don't understand what it is that God has actually sent Jesus to do. And what he sent Jesus to do was to die on a cross for our sin and our shame and to restore us back to right relationship, reconcile us back with the Father. And the beautiful thing is this, is that it's a free gift of salvation, free gift of salvation. So right now, I wanna pray with you. If you're here, if you're watching online and you don't know God, I wanna pray, I wanna give you an opportunity right here in this moment to respond to him, because I believe this, I believe whether we're online or whether we're in person, it doesn't matter, God is drawing all men to himself and he's drawing you to himself right now in this season. I wanna pray for you. If you don't, if you don't mind, just, just close your eyes, maybe bow your heads and just, just put all distractions out of your mind. God is calling you out of darkness into light. He's showing you peace. He's showing you hope. He's showing you Jesus. And so right now, if you wanna to respond to that call in your life, I'm gonna say a simple prayer. You can repeat it after me or you can pray your own prayer. The main thing is that you are, are responding to Jesus in this moment say God I surrender to you all that I am my effort God, the stuff that I want people to know about my successes God I'm submitting my failures to you I'm laying it all at your feet and God I'm saying that I need you God I thank you for sending your son Jesus to this earth to live a perfect life to die for me to die for my sin and my shame and God to redeem me to reconcile me Right now, God, I thank you for the life that I'm going to live, and it's a life that's going to bring you glory and honor and praise. I surrender to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, look, if you prayed that prayer, we want to connect with you in the same way we would if we were here in the room together, and it's this. We have a a card. it's, It's actually online, and it's northwood.church slash what's next. And you can fill out that form and we wanna reach out to you this week and uh, send you some information, reach out and and, and help you connect. But look, church, look, we're not done yet. So don't click off. What I wanna do right now is I wanna kind of shift gears. And I I want all of us as believers to come together. I I want us to pray for one another. I want us to, to pray about where we're at in this season. And I want us to sing together and worship and realize that Jesus has defeated death. He is life and that's who we're worshiping, that's who we're praising, and that's who we pray to. So right now, come on, I want you just to begin to pray. We're going to pray over needs right now. If you're if you're watching online and you have some needs in your life, I want you to post right there in the comments. Let everybody know what's going on in your life if you feel comfortable. And I want us as a church to begin to pray for one another. We're going to begin to sing here in a second. We're going to begin to declare truth that death has been defeated, that 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 Jesus has has no rival come on y'all these words are so powerful and we're gonna to begin to declare them over every situation that's going on so right now father we come to you God we are praying that God you would in this moment that you would build our faith in who you are that you would build our confidence that you have defeated death and the grave everything that we are encountering you are the answer for God so Lord, as, you, as, as we begin to pray for one another, God, some of us are encountering disease right in this moment. We're encountering sickness. Some of us are encountering fear and panic, God. All the thoughts are going through our minds. Some of us, we have family members that are, that are at risk in this time. And God, there is great fear, but God, we know that you have overcome and you overcome through the blood of Jesus. And so God, we are trusting in you. God, I pray that in all of our homes, God, that we would experience peace and joy and rest in you. God, not in our effort, not in what we can conjure up, but in what Jesus has accomplished on the cross. Come on, right now, just begin to pray over your family. If you're in the room together with your kids, just begin to lay your hands on your kids and just begin to pray God's protection over them. God, we just believe it. You're our healer. You're our deliverer. Come on, church, pray for those who are commenting right now. Over your family, over your friends. Come on, over the medical doctors and nurses and and people that are at the forefront of this, this thing. God, we just pray for protection over them, Jesus. God, that you would calm their fears. God, that you would give them wisdom and strength. God, give them wisdom beyond the textbooks that they've studied. God, let them have the answers for the moments. God, all over our nation right now, the doctors. God, we pray for our president. God, for the senators. God, our governors, our mayors, Jesus, that you would give wisdom in this time, Father. Great wisdom, Jesus. We need you, Father. Come on, let's begin to sing this together. Death cannot hold you. In this season, there's going to be ups and downs. I think that every day, we're going to have to reset our focus. We're going to have to reset our, our mind to, to, to kind of remember these truths. And So I want to encourage you every day to start off on the right foot. I know that for a lot of us, we're digging into social media. We're digging into articles. We're, we're looking at the John Hopkins ticker. You know what I'm saying? And, and and what I want to encourage you to do is I want to encourage you to make sure that you're anchoring your faith and your mindset on the work and the person of Jesus Christ before you do anything else. For some of you, that looks like not checking your phone till you're later in the day. For some of you, it looks like starting the day off in prayer, just coffee and the word, whatever it is for you, I wanna encourage you to anchor yourself in Jesus. That death that death cannot overcome him because he's already overcame it, right? He already overcame it. So in that, I wanna encourage you in a few things before we close out today. And it's in this. Actually, uh, I had some notes written down, but now my notes are gone. So, uh, so I'm going to kind of wing it here. But, uh, but first things first, look at What's Next uh, online form. You can fill that out if you, if you responded today. Uh, or if you want some more information about the church, uh, our campus pastors are going to be reaching out this week to you, northwood.church slash what's next. The next thing is this. I want to encourage you if, you, if Northwood Church is your home, if this is your home church, I wanna encourage you to continue to give. We don't believe that giving is just something that we do whenever we show up. Giving is an act of worship that goes beyond just if we're showing up, right? It's something that we wanna continue to do. Obviously, as a church, we are being very aware of the current circumstances. And so uh, so many of you, I know that you were were kind of asking about our Ocean Springs um, uh, Giving Sunday that we had coming up. We've gone ahead and put that on pause in this season. We're kind of just delaying anything like that, right? Now We're just going to kind of wait and see. And so right now I want to encourage you to be faithful in your giving. You can give online at northwood.church slash giving, or some of you, if you want to mail in, uh, mail in your gift, you can at 14281 O'Neill Road here in Gulfport 39503. The next thing is this. If you're not currently a part of small groups, I want to encourage you to become a part of a small group. Uh, In this time, especially if you're just a Sunday service attender, um, it's very hard to stay connected past what's going on here Uh, going on here on a, on a Sunday morning. And so many of you, it's time to jump in a small group. We're, we're really revisiting how we're doing small groups and looking at how we can expand and all that good stuff. And uh, But look, go to northwood.church slash small groups and you can sign up and we'll try to get you into one of our online groups. If you're already a part of a small group, look, I wanna encourage you in this season not to disconnect from your group, not to say, oh, well, we'll just wait and see. Hey guys, we don't know how long we're gonna be in this rhythm. And so we don't wanna wait two or three months for you to you know, take a pause that long. No. I want you to be in your small groups as much as possible. And so do that. Also, if you're a team member and you're not in a small group, come on. I want you to reach out to your team leader and connect with them. Reach out to your coordinators, team leaders. I want you guys to stay connected in this season as well. Um, Also, for, uh, for more updates on what we're doing as a church, I want to encourage you to continue to go to our Facebook page, our Instagram page, and stay connected on social media. Also, northwood.church slash coronavirus. We're updating things there um, as things move forward. Um, look, we are staying in touch with our, our city officials and, and trying to, to kind of keep a, a pulse on what we could do as a church. Obviously, these are different times, and so it's kind of difficult to just run out there and, and you know, charge and, and do a bunch of things, and so we to. To do things in the proper way um, and so with that stay in touch on our social media uh, look also as we kind of gear up for next week we'll be online again as well as you can imagine as we'll be doing this until further notice and so so with that I want to encourage you to invite your family and friends to watch for some of you you might have some family that you might want to invite over to your house to watch and I want to encourage you to do that so, so reach out to those around you share and like and next week jump on a little bit earlier I hope that less of you were late this week than last week. I know some of you, I heard some of y'all still showed up late for live stream. Come on, y'all. All All you gotta do is like roll over in bed and like open up your phone. You know what I'm talking about? You could could be here on time. So uh, we'll be kicking off a little bit early, 9.45, 9.50 next week. So tune in. And uh, with that, we love you guys. Thank you all for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.